Hi, I'm Elaine. And I'm B. And this is Can You Dig It? A Haikyuu recap podcast. So we are on episode 16, Winners and Losers. It is a very fitting title for this episode, honestly. <laughs> very fitting. This episode, I don't have a lot of notes for it because it was kind of hard to write notes, but it did give me a lot of feelings. Honestly, same. I was. Pretty much for the first entire half up until the commercial break, I took like literally one or two notes because I was just like watching. And then after that, I took like a little bit more. I was just sad. It was so very sad. sad. It, was so, it is so sad. Like increasingly so. Genuinely very upsetting. Like it's hard to watch a little bit. I And such a theme of this show is just like that feeling of like every match you have to watch somebody lose. Exactly. But this one, for some reason, hurt so much more than the other ones. It hurt a lot. I mean, because that's like the whole point, right? Like, they're like just illustrating loss. Just like, so it's really hard to watch. It is. But it's also, I really do like this episode just because you see so, like, you see so many comparisons about the loss between the girls' team and then um, Ikijiri's team. I cannot think of the name of their team. But just like, the same feelings and like all those comparisons versus like how Cross now like understands that same feeling that they had because they experienced it before and like Hinata too like they all understand and they all kind of like it's just how different people cope with like the losses of their matches. Something I noticed that they've already it's already started being like a trend in the show, but something that I really like about Haikyuu is that. They do a really good job of showing, like, the balance between the importance of determination and skill. And you have to have both of them. Like, you can't just have one. Um, And that's definitely, like, something that they're showing in this episode because all of the players on um, Ikijiri's team are, like, very, they're very determined. Exactly. But they haven't, like, put in the time to have the skill. And it was kind of like later on in the match too that they finally did get more of that determination after Ikijiri made that mention. He had said, we can't win unless we try. And then after he had said that, that's when they started to like zone in on what they were doing. But at that point, it was it was way too late. Right. And it's also, there's like the difference between the determination that you feel in the moment versus mm-hmm. the determination that you have long-term. Exactly. Like they're they're very, it's a very different feeling to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this versus like actually doing it every single day and like having that feeling, um, which is the same thing that the girls are also lacking. And it was so upsetting. Like Your loss hurts. And I think the worst part of it is that mention that one of the players has about how like, oh, wow, I'm surprised Michimi is taking this as well as she is. Oh my God. I, I get it. I completely understand that you hold it in because you're trying to like reassure everyone. And then the second she's alone, she's just like broke down. I was like, oh, it was so heartbreaking. That whole thing of like, first you watch like that little like first year girl and like she's trying to encourage her, but like, you know, that means also so sad. She's oh. like holding back her own tears. 
and then when she does or cry like it's just so hard it's really hard it's also hard because like that's pretty much all we get to see of them like that's the end yeah it really sucks i really do wish we could see more of the girls team playing yeah they're i don't know i just think they're really cute yeah it was just like the whole episode just like the regret is so heavy yeah in in every moment it's just like it's just a lot (laughs) it was hard it really was so hard to watch hard to watch this episode man like i was saying i really do like this episode because i think it's just really nice that they do show the different reactions and like the feelings towards volleyball itself and like watching all the teams and like their losses it kind of did that montage where it showed each team that had lost Mm-hmm. and like the ways they reacted to it because it just proves the fact that like no matter how bad you want it you won't always win yeah and I think that um first of all the meta of what Ikajiri says about like if this was like a tv show then the people who go to nationals would be the main character <laughs> yes oh my god and I was like oh my god this this inception that's going on it's my favorite um, thing when like characters are like if this was a show I'm like oh my god it is (laughs) but it is I I don't know I actually really like that because the thing about Haikyuu is that it doesn't feel that way like like yes we acknowledge that like yes cross note like are the protagonists but at the same time like they're not and this show does a good job of like disproving the statement that one of its own characters by like having this entire montage and like pulling the focus towards the opponents and like towards the losses. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I do really like about Haikyuu. We talked about a while ago about how you watch like shonen anime. You know the protagonist is always going to win Mm -hmm. versus Haikyuu. It's like, it's kind of refreshing to see when a team doesn't win. Like as much as it sucks sometimes, it's kind of like, it would be so expected or so like, well, yeah, obviously if they were to always win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this moment like really sets us up for the loss that comes at the end of this season. Exactly. Uh, the end of season one is literally so good, though. It's amazing. It's an it's one of my favorite parts of the show because it's just like it's so affecting and like you feel it so strongly, and it makes every victory that happens after that much better. Exactly. You have that one loss that pushes you and like it really is like the driving point that where they went from we want to win to them having the like we're going to win mindset. And that's like sometimes what you need to get. Speaking of wins, um, this moment of Hinata having his first real win. It was so great. It was so great. And that's like the first ever match that he's won. Well, his is his second ever match, but... Is this person like that he's the Sager won? one like was a little bit of a cop out because like Oikawa wasn't there and like it's pretty obvious that like they would have lost if he was exactly you know oh, so great it's so great and when Kakura is like he's like a little animal who's like gotten his first like taste of it I wrote that I said Takara's little comment about him it was so precious oh and then like I can't remember if this happens before or after the break but the people that walk by and are talking about him mm-hmm. and he starts like glowing I was like yes you deserve mm-hmm. it you deserve this break mm-hmm. um yeah I don't really have anything to say about that like whole section I feel like I should but I can't I couldn't really think of anything because I was kind of sad <laughs> I was thinking that too I really did not write a lot of notes because I was just so I was like zoned in and I was like there's not really anything to say other than it it was hard to watch yeah, it was really, like, just 
but um, we do get to that uh, whole part before the match against Dantico starts where Suga is like talking to Hinata and Kageyama outside. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. Like the, every, every, the whole team's like feelings about like what they are now versus what they used to be. Like, it's just. I really liked his little talk that he had with them. I thought it was really sweet. I even wrote crying cat because that's how I felt. Like the little like gif of the cat that just is like <laughs> crying, like buries his face in the pillow. I'm like, that's how I felt. Because right before that, you have Ukai saying how like they're keeping the same starting for the second match. And I don't know, like Shuka's face, he just looked like so sad. And I know mm-hmm. that he wasn't like really like. But even like, like Noya and Tanaka are both like kind of sad about it too. And like. Yes. And just like having it go from that to him like giving this like pep talk about how like, like I need you guys to like help Asahi too. I was just like, oh, I wanted to cry. He's really just mm-hmm. so, he's so good. He cares about everyone and I'm like it's so sweet I really just felt like that crying cat <laughs> crying cat gif is so useful it's how it is. it's really annoying that you can't use it in like text messages because I've I constantly started, just want to be like crying cat gif crying cat gif I've started just saving it to my camera roll so I can just send it <laughs> I should do that I should just save it just have it on hand it's the most useful mm. so then they start they start warming up for the next match and okay, I need to start keeping like a Nishinoya praise counter because twice in this episode, like first, first Iwazumi's like talking him up so much during the match from the stands. And then when Nishinoya like does his little like bit with the rolling thunder and everything. And then Ukai is like, he really is an amazing Libero, like so, so hype on the Noya juice. And like, honestly, yeah it was great and the fact that he mentioned he was like he's not even just excellent as a libro he's also such a huge support system for the team mm-hmm. i was like yes praise him as much as you can yeah because it's really not just about his skill like he is such a skilled player but it's also just like his entire aura and like his presence is he so really good. he really makes cross know who they are like yes he's a valuable player but he's just like he brings so much energy to the team itself he's so special um yeah honestly I like just did not write a lot of notes that's like all I have for this episode another thing that I wrote down that involves Noya also is just him doing the rolling thunder and he's like rolling thunder again and just all the different reactions to it like Hinata thinking it's the coolest thing in the world and then like Tanaka's like that lame is that name is terrible and but just like I love Noya Tanaka Noya and Hinata's like their friendship is probably the cutest thing to me. I think it is so fun to watch them. Yeah, honestly, they're they're just so lovable. They're the most the most lovable. I don't really understand why he says again though. <laughs> I'm not gonna question him because it doesn't make sense. I'm not gonna question him because clearly he knows what he's talking about. But clearly he knows what he's talking about. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I don't understand it. I don't know the difference between that one and the original one. I'm just going to go with it. Right, they look I feel the like Kina I'm just like, that's so cool. <laughs> so cool. Uh, yeah, they're great. But yeah, that's really all I have. There wasn't a lot to say. I kind of just wrote down a lot. Noya's cool. I love Noya. Noya's he's, he's so cool. He's so, so cool. Yeah, I feel like this episode was very, like, it, it was, um, 
there weren't a lot of individual points to be made because as a whole, it was just about like get, making an, a reaction, making a reaction in the audience. So like, it was less about like, there's lots of things going on and more like, this is the one individual thing that you're supposed to be feeling and thinking about and just lots of ways to make the audience feel that. Exactly. I feel like this wasn't really plot driven. I mean, in a way, I guess it was, but I, I, I totally agree. It was just upsetting. It just made me sound sad. <laughs> I, need, I feel like I need to take a nap after watching that episode. Honestly, yeah. And it was mostly the girls for me. Like, I'm going to be real. Like, the other the other team was like, yeah, okay, that's sad. But, like, the girls team just made me so sad. Honestly, I feel like it's because you see how hard Michinio was, like, working and trying. And to just, like, know that no matter how hard they're going to work, that she kind of, like, knew all along that it wasn't going to happen. It really sucked. Yeah, and then her having to, like, hold it she knew the whole time. Yes. Ugh. And then her, her having to hold back because she's trying to, like, reassure the team. I feel so bad for her. It was hard. It's very hard to watch. It was really hard. Oh, we didn't mention that flashback at all with middle school Daichi, who, it was just really cute. Like... I don't know. He's sweet. And then when he was like crying, that was sad. It's just all sad. This episode was sad. Very sad. <laughs> like, but I do really like that Ikijiri and Michimiya are like, it was constantly about like the influence Daiji had on them. I was kind of like, that's really cute to see. And then, oh, at the end, Ikijiri going up to them and being like, keep winning. Little yeah, little like snippets that. that made me smile, but still like want to cry mixed in with it. Yeah, the keep winning thing was interesting. How do you interpret that? Like, um, part of me takes it as if anyone's going to win this, I want it to be you guys. As kind of like being like Daichi's done so much for me, I really want you guys to keep going. It does kind of what I always interpret it as. If it's like if anyone's going to win, I want it to be you. Okay, that's a really nice way to interpret it. My way, I think, was a little bit more, like, I don't know, jaded in that, in that I was, like, it feels like, like, if they keep winning, then the loss doesn't hurt as much, because they you know that more, you, it's not because just they beat more people, it's not just them, exactly. That's very, that's also a really good way to look at it. I feel like it's kind of open-ended where it could be anything, but, like, yours makes a lot of sense, too, because, like, I... I didn't think about it that way, but now that you mentioned it, I'm like, no, I see it. But I also don't think Ikajiri is, like, a, a like salty enough person to think that way. Like, that's how I would think. <laughs> I don't I don't feel like his character really seems like the kind of character that would think that way. I don't know. Going off of those flashbacks and his relationship with Daichi, I don't think it was ever supposed to be anything more than, like, keep winning, just, like, bare minimum point. But I do really like the idea of if you keep if you keep being other people, then we're not the only ones that lost. So it feels yeah. a little better because it's like, yeah, that's kind of true. It's like, yeah, because it's like, OK, if you go up against if, if you're like first team that you're going to fight is Shirtozawa and you like know you're going to lose. It's like, well, OK, it's Shirtozawa. I don't feel that bad about losing, you know, mm-hmm. versus a team where they were always labeled as like really they fell so downhill they're like worse now and like to lose to them was kind of like a oh oh, that sucks yeah so like if they can if they just like lost the next match it would have been like oh it was like a fluke and those guys just like really sucked or something you know exactly so I kind of 
I kind of get that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. These these like episodes where they're playing teams that aren't like really like big teams. I feel like I, I'm not going to have that much to say about them because they're just like less to go off of, you know, like. Exactly. Especially this was like the first one. I feel like out of all the teams we see, these guys have like the least um, going on. Like there's hardly any dialogue from the opposing team. Exactly. It's more just focused on Ikajiri and that relationship he has with Daichi versus like well fleshed out backstories for the team as a whole, which mm-hmm. understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's all I got for this episode. Same here. Pretty short one. The episode also like felt short, weirdly enough. I was thinking that too, because like the commercial break was later than usual, but then when I looked, it was like nine minutes left. And then like all of a sudden it was like, they're about to start and then it ends. I was like, okay. Sure. Yeah, I wish we got like a little bit more into the, the Dante Code match in this episode. I do want to talk about them. I like them. I do. Honestly, Dante Code's very underrated as a team. And I feel like it's just because we don't really get to see them a lot and they don't have like any backstory really. Yeah, none of their characters get like a huge amount of development. Like the most we get is, um, what's his name? I think his name. Um, the kid with the black hair in the front. Yes. And he's not even in this match, so it's like, there's not a ton to work off of yet. Are you talking about Kogain? Yeah. Okay, I was like, I feel like that's what you're talking about. Yeah. That's Kogain, what, yeah. Kogain's like the only one, really, that has any sort of character depth to him, like in season four. But like, even then, we don't really get to know any like the backstory about him either. Like every, I feel like every other team, except for Datuko, has like an episode or a little bit where you get like a backstory for them, but not Dateko like at all. Yeah, that's actually true. Like we don't really see their motivations that heavily either. Sort of odd because they are one of like the more like popular teams. Exactly. But I feel like they have like less development. Exactly. It's not than even others. Like, I don't know. Because like season two, there's a lot of teams in that second half that if you asked me who they were, I'd be like, I have no idea. Because they were used basically just for the purpose of getting Karasuna from point A to point B, which was that second Seijo match. Mm-hmm. Versus Dateko, it's like reoccurring team that we know like nothing about. Yeah. Weird. That's weird. But I don't know. Maybe we know more about them than we think we do. And we've just forgotten. And we'll we'll learn on this rewatch. Maybe. Don't remember. I, I seriously can't remember. I can't think of anything. Because I don't, I don't think, I honestly don't even think so. I can't, I can't remember anything about them. Like, I know, I remember that um, Aione's biggest concern is that well, what's the on the subway <laughs> Oh my goodness. And him holding that little turd on the official oh. art. Oh my God. Nothing hurts my heart more than the fact that in the guidebook, it says that the, the person he would get, that Tita would get along best with would be Aione. And it just like, Oh, that literally makes me want to cry. I love it. Gentle soul. Um, but yeah, so pretty, pretty basic episode. I'm looking forward to the next one. I am too. And I feel like we get, we get serious. Lots of emotions going on. A lot more to come. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's, let's, let's move on to our musical segment. We're going to do Yamaguchi. Gucci, who again had no screen time this episode. God, none. without screen time, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> do you want to go first? Um, sure, let me just make sure. Yeah. So the song that I am going with 
is I'm a coward by They Might Be Giants. That's that's honestly so perfect. It's I feel like there are some parts of it that like I don't want to pick a song that's like that because I'm like, but Yamaguchi, you know, he like rises up and overcomes that. But it's just so fitting. Like it really does work. And especially the part that's like the the chorus is like after he talks about being a coward, he says, like, I need a confidant who can see past my faults and take the time to save me from myself. And like the thing is, like, I he wouldn't he wouldn't have gotten to that place where he could be brave without Tsukima. I agree. And that is like what made me really feel it. I think that song is really perfect for him. What did you pick? So I was doing between two. The one that I really want to go with is Sweet Hibiscus Tea by Penelope Scott. I think it is so fitting for Yamaguchi, honestly. Like this entire like first part is just like very fitting for him. And I feel like it's more so for season one Yamaguchi than anything else. And then like maybe leading into season two, it starts, it says, here's the thing, I can't do anything right. Tries I absolutely totally might. The bones are melting, the skeleton is ash, the cloud detaches and falls with a deafening crash. And like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like much. But I feel like just opening up with, here's the thing, I can't do anything right. Something about it, just... No, but even later, like, I'm not your protagonist. I'm not even my own. I don't know anything. I don't even know what I don't know. It's very good. It's very good. It's very fitting for Yamaguchi. Like, every time I hear it, I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he, like, I don't know, we both picked, like, early kind of Yamaguchi vibes. But that's because that's the Yamaguchi that we're, like, watching right now, I think. So it, it makes sense. I really do love his character development, though. Yeah. It's- like, season four Yamaguchi, I want to cry. I really do. For an anime that isn't meant to be sad or emotional, I sure do cry a lot watching Haikyuu. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, like, something about... I think because the characters feel, like, so real, it's very easy to create, like... Like, the narrative doesn't really necessarily give you that much of each character, but it's so easy to, like, look at them as more than that and, like, create other parts of them and what their life is and what their personality is like because they're so, like, human. Exactly. Oh, you know what other song has really big Yamaguchi energy? Waving through a window. Yes. Oh, my God. You're so, you're so right. And you should say it. Oh, God. I've learned to slam on the brakes before I've even turned the key. I don't like Dear Evan Hansen, but I like that song. I second that. That's a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, it's fascinating how it's just so easy to make everything so sad. And the thing is, like, I bet that, like, I don't know, it doesn't necessarily show it in the show all the time. But, like, when you're a teenager, like, yeah, everything is kind of sad and hard. And, like, I feel like they must feel that way sometimes. Yeah, honestly, I feel like sometimes it's okay to make things a little bit sadder than they need to be. It's a little fun sometimes. Just for the spice. Exactly. But other times I find it really annoying. So I don't know. It depends. There was that TikTok trend going on for a while that did the Panic at the Disco song. And it always had to do with like cheating or breaking up or affairs. And I was just like, there's no need. Oh, see, I don't think There's no need. I literally would just like, is there a way for me to like block the sound because I'm tired of seeing it? Oh, that happens to me all the time. But no, yeah, I don't, I don't like angsty things that have to do with relationships, but I like angsty things that are like, act, like challenges within life. Yes. Like that is, that is fun angst that I enjoy. 
I enjoy the Yamaguchi angst because it's like about you know not feeling worthy or about like hating yourself which I <laughs> feeling inferior and like I'm the only first year that's not a starter like that angst is so good exactly it's so good it's so fun I don't know that's just like way more interesting to me than like relationship angst like that's boring I don't know someone cheats on you you, you break up with them like whatever it's not that entertaining to me exactly but yeah you know if we're talking about angst that's right up my alley this episode is that this episode this is actually exactly angst. that. This was good angst. Like, it hurt, but I liked it. It was a good hurt. It was yeah. not like a hurt where, like, I'm going to be crying about it for, like, weeks after watching it. It's kind of just, like, in the moment, I was like, okay, all right, now I'm ready to watch the rest of it. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was pretty, this was pretty short, but I honestly can't say that I have a ton to say about this episode because just, like, it just happened. Same here. I was thinking that. I was like, I don't have a lot of notes. There just wasn't a lot to say. Now, this was the first time that I had less than three pages. Really? Oh, yeah. see, I, I type mine, though. Oh, see, no. Mine are, like, huge, huge scrawling handprint. Like, there's only, there's only, like, six notes on each page. <laughs> yeah, but that's really it for me. Yeah, that's all I got, too, honestly. We'll talk more next week. Sounds good to me. Um, I'm Elaine. And I'm B. Uh, you can follow the Twitter, which is can you dig it underscore pod, right? Yes. Oh, look, look at me. I got it. Got it in one. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, bye. Goodbye.